how come you don't want a ceiling fan? Well, the fan was like a baby fan. So I just <laughs> donated it and I figured I'd just get a, a little cool. floor fan from the thrift store. Tight. Like five bucks and it'll be right in my face. Good. Right in my pits where it gets the worst, you know what I mean? Yeah, pretty right. What's good in the hood? <laughs> <laughs> we have been gone for a year. <laughs> So, that sucks. That was a decision we made. Sort of. I don't quite remember us making that decision, but it ended up being the decision we made. Right. And, you know, the reality is it's uh, power to the people who make podcasts for a living, right? Because it's hard. Yeah, definitely. It's hard to do. Well... Folks, how's your quarantine going? Val, what day are I am, we on? Let's give a brief, like the quickest of updates that we can possibly give to our so-called fans. Uh, okay, so for the three people listening, yes, um, are we updating about quarantine or the year? Mm, whatever your heart desires, whatever your heart says. I mean, let me just say. I don't mind quarantine, but I'm also a shut-in, like, as in, as news. Like, that's just breaking. Hello, I'm a shut-in. Mm. Um, mm. So, basically, it, I just took everything I had at work and brought it home and put it in my room, and then I sit here uh, several hours during the day and then voluntarily do the same thing when I'm not working. I don't mind it. Also, do you want to know this really cool thing? Actually, let me save this for... Our happy news afterward. What did we call that section? Local (laughs) lounge. Yeah. Our Our local lounge. Okay. But I have a really... Which is more important than ever at this time. Honestly, I have a really good one. I have a really good one. Okay. I'm stoked. I'm stoked for it. Good. Sorry. I'm trying to like regroup my shisa. Something that's new with me recently is I shaved all the hair off my head. Looking at it right now. It's very Bishop Briggs. Very Sinead. Very Natalie Portman. Have you ever no. seen or heard of Natalie Portman doing um, the seagull in the park in New York? No. So they do like Shakespeare in the park, but some they also just the public theater puts up other shows, I guess. Um, and so she was there in like two thousand whatever with Meryl Streep, Phyllis Eman Hoffman, um, Christopher R. I. P. Walken. Um, he's still alive. Yeah, he's. Kicking. He's, he's kicking. Oh, Marcia Gay Harden. Well up. Um, <laughs> shoot, John Goodman. Oh um, yeah. Okay. And of course, Natalie Portman. And but she's like the only one in the whole cast who's doing some type of like, um, Mid Atlantic accent, like this Mid Atlantic dialect. So, which is like what you hear in Golden Age Hollywood. This type of not British, but sounds almost as if it could be British, English, American way of speaking. And so she was the only one in the cast doing that. And one of the things, the biggest, most popular scene of that whole show, The Seagull by Anton Chekhov, he, um, uh, that everyone always references when they reference The Seagull is when Nina, our like main ingenue character, has this mental breakdown toward the end. And she's like, I'm the seagull. <laughs> okay. And so in this whole, my friend Ashley does the best impression of Natalie Portman because she literally goes, no, 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 I am the seagull. Oh, God. No, 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 no. 
it's literally like that. It's quite um, exciting. So what are we doing today? Tell us about our task at hand. Why don't you, since this is your fucking idea? <laughs> okay, so as a refresher, this podcast is designed to look at films that have made headlines or have made a splash in the um, arena of the viewer, mostly. Mm. Mm. Um, because anything can get a good review. But the idea that a film can get a good review from a critic and also the audience is kind of a tough needle to thread. And sometimes the critics are so wrong and the audience is so right in their eyes because you'll see this crazy discrepancy between good, like reviewed, like critical evaluation of a film. And then people are just like, I fucking love this movie, like whatever. So the reason we're doing this movie I'm about to tell you that we're doing is because I saw an article in Forbes in Forbes that said that this movie crushed a box office milestone. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, no way is that true. And it is super, super, super true. Granted, now, let me caveat quickly and say that this um, market of movies is very, very small. Um, There are only so many films that come out in this particular corner of a film universe Mm -hmm. uh and most of them have been a little bit floppy Mm -hmm. but they do appeal to a particular audience so the film that we're doing i'm so sorry to report is sonic the hedgehog 2020 (laughs) and let's let's just break it down in the the way only we know how Uh, so so sorry sonic the fucking hedgehog was first of all released February 14th, Valentine's Day of this year of 2020. So I already have issue with the release date because I'm sorry, but if you're some cutie patootie with a cutie patootie partner and you say, I have a great idea to celebrate Valentine's Day with you, babe. Let's go see Sonic the fucking Hedgehog (laughs) at the nearest AMC. Fuck you and fuck your relationship but honest but let's hold on because it was totally single dads who had the kids that night because their ex-wives had a date it's ridiculous that's what that was ridiculous i don't know i have it could be also like some of those really intense like gamers who have like this okay anyway let's (laughs) get into it so break it down Sonic the Hedgehog, released February 14th, 2020, directed by Jeff Fowler, who doesn't seem to have an in, like a super intense filmography. He's got... Oh, just kidding. He was nominated for Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film in 2004 for a short called Gopher Broke. So this person, this man, he obviously works a lot with animation, um, it was written by Pat Casey and Josh Miller, based on Sonic the Hedgehog, video game by Sega, of course, starring James Marsden, who plays our, like, hero, Ben Schwartz, who is the voice of Sonic, which was a huge mistake. As much as I huge. love Ben Schwartz, I will never want to hear his voice again. Tika Sumter plays the love interest of our James Marsden, his wife, which they had no chemistry and didn't kiss once, which really bothered me. Yeah, that wasn't a lot. And then, of course, it had Jim Carrey, which confuses the shit out of me, considering Jim... We'll get into it later. No, no, Um, no. You're missing a critical key here. 
Fucking Natasha Rothwell plays the sister of the <gasps> wife. She's the best part. The only saving grace that could ever be about this film was the fact that she was in it. And I want to know that I want to know what her agent said to her to get they her. They said, movie. "Listen, it's going to be a while before." Season four of Insecure is released. <laughs> Do you want to just fill your time with this super easy one day? She and was there on set one day, and you know it. For you sure. Know? But also, I just want to direct everybody over to Natasha's Twitter feed, where she every single day adds Donald Trump and calls him trash. It's the best. It's so wholesome. <laughs> I love her. She's honestly the she's a saving grace to us all. Agreed. So it was distributed by Paramount, and it's 99 minutes. It budgeted 81 to 95 million, and it grossed up to today, which is what March, no April 6th, uh, 2020. Yo, it's quarantine. It's quarantine. 306.8 million dollars, which is a pretty significant profit. I wouldn't say in terms of how as far as like movies go that's not a huge profit but it is considering it's a terrible animated film so <laughs> some things that we want to know um sonic the hedgehog it's about it's like sonic's origin story i just felt really uncomfortable <laughs> the whole time but mostly the way like, I guess I didn't really ever need to see Sonic in, like, life-size form. Because his <laughs> shit is super ugly. Like, his, <laughs> his like, a hairdo. <laughs> his quills are, like, aggressive. They're ugly. <laughs> They're ugly. <laughs> They're uncomfortable to me. They're just, like, sharp and pointy, but also they're too big. I just don't really appreciate when they make a life-size version of an animation where something that's supposed to be really detailed and small ends up just being a block of, <laughs> like, one thing that doesn't move. So this is something that I felt, too, whenever I played the Kingdom Hearts game and his <laughs> hair, that guy's hair. <laughs> I never like enjoyed it. Wait, but I never finished let it. Let me just, like, okay, so everybody knows what a hedgehog looks like. Let's just break that down real quick. Yeah, because what? There was this part, there was this part, literally, where Sonic the Hedgehog, who doesn't look like a hedgehog, and he doesn't look like anything says i'm a hedgehog can't you tell yeah <laughs> like, there no. were a couple funny ones where i was like ha that's because they're selling Tongue out because they have no idea what to do um <clears throat> the yeah, one thing that ugh. is like the one thing about this film is it set the record for the biggest opening weekend for a video game film in u.s in canadian history so it's the second highest grossing film of 2020 as far as today which probably will be true for the rest of the year because there's no new movies coming out. Because there's no movies, out. yeah. Um, but it is also the highest grossing video game adaptation of all time at, in the U.S. box right. office. That's That was the record. So Forbes magazine came out. They um, published a story which hit on March 14th, so one month after release. I think that's pretty standard to do. But they were, like, projecting that it was going to like surpass all of these films and like the list is insane. And again, this is a niche market. So they had to go way back in time to find all of the films that have this same setup. So it's a it is a movie based upon a video game. Yeah. Right? Whereas like so think about like Tron for example. Tron was a movie about a video game come to life type of thing, but it wasn't based on a video game. So this right. is like that was even nicher. So they had to go way back. So it was like uh, the, there's like this, the target was $156 million on, domestically in the United States. Mm -hmm. And that was, um, it passed, 
Um, the highest grossing at the time was Tomb Raider, which was $131 million. That was 2001. Then you had... Um, <laughs> this is fucking crazy. Pokemon, $85 million, 1999. Is that the one that we have on VHS? I don't know. Mortal okay. Kombat, $70 million, 1995. So we're looking at... Hmm. And then if you go even... So so that's $85 million, but it, it goes a little bit further back. So you have to... It passed up the entire global... Resident Evil, like, thing, like, whatever the series is, it passed up, um, what was that one? Angry Birds, that was $107 million in 2016. Uh, Detective Pikachu, which, you know. Anyway, so my, my point is, like, there, it would have, it's kind of easy to do this. Like, it's kind of easy to smash these records, because there's not very many of them to begin with. But the fact that it's surpassing actual, like, films of note like the Resident Evil you know franchise was kind of neat like it was this big deal thing and if you played Resident Evil then it was pretty cool and I didn't and I don't know much about it but that was like a mainstay in this particular field and then out of fucking nowhere this blue thing just like just it it, it's not even that funny no not at all it's like build is this comedy like oh god um get into the plot like Okay, so basically Sonic is this extraterrestrial blue hedgehog who can run supersonic speeds, obviously Sonic. Um, And then he, it starts off with him being born. It starts off with, we don't really know where he comes from. It just starts off with him running in this beautiful land of... You know, life, blah, blah, blah. It, well, it running, looks like running, the running. um, it looks like the video game map, right? Where he's you can oh like, yeah, yeah. I didn't even put that together. Oh my gosh, yeah. I I just googled this. March six of this year, the world's only known Nintendo PlayStation has sold for three hundred thousand dollars. When did you sell our Nintendo PlayStation? I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so that's interesting and confusing as to why people are paying. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so Sonic is this guy. He's this little hedgehog. Grows up in, briefly grows up in uh, his paradise little island place when um, a tribe of echidnas... I can't remember what they're called. Um, oh, me either. They go after him for his power, and then his guardian, Longclaw the Owl, <clears throat> who makes uh, one appearance one time. One appearance one time. Except now, like we'll get to the end. Whatever. So anyway, Longclaw the Owl gives him this bag of these golden rings that can create portals to other planets, and so she does this to send him to Earth to protect him from this tribe of creatures, and then it. Fast forwards to ten years later when he's like sort of an adult. <laughs> he's like maybe a. <laughs> it's literally maybe, it was like ten years later, and it was like wait. Uh, and he's like a fully. He? A, he's like a fully. Uh, how you say pubescent whatever. Right. And also, they took it. Took, takes place in a Green Hills, Montana, which confuses me to no end. But whatever. I'm gonna so, go ahead and just say that that was for filming purposes. It was probably cheap to film there. They weren't filming there. I looked it up. They filmed in Canada. Like they oh, always. Oh, that's do. not even fun. Why can't you just say he went to Canada? Like, why do we always have to make Canada as some type of rural area of a random state? 
just, just call it Canada. <laughs> Give them their credit. Come on. <laughs> so he lives a secret life in a cave, and he's like this super hyperactive uh, teenage boy who has the voice of a man. Got a full, like, nearly 40-year-old man. Yeah. And um, he sees from afar a man named Tom, who's a local sheriff, and his veterinarian wife, Maddie, who they're, um, he's unaware that they're trying to relocate to San Francisco because Tom has been hired as San, in the San Francisco Police Department. And then he, Sonic gets really upset one night because he's playing baseball by himself, which was just unnecessary uh, noise for us to watch. Um, <clears throat> he knocks out all the power because he got really, I don't know, upset. <laughs> and, yeah. He um, had, wait, well, actually, let me let me dive into that for a second. Okay, so Sonic the Hedgehog is from outer space. He's from a different planet. Yes. Out of absolutely nowhere, there's this scene where baseball's happening. <laughs> and he goes, oh, playoffs. And he, like, walks over, and it's like he's enamored. And the whole time I'm like, how does he know about baseball? Like Ten years, baby. He's been on the planet for ten years. And suddenly he's, like, a fanatic. And so he gets uh, he gets sad because he doesn't have any baseball friends and freaks out and shoots electricity yeah. out of every orifice of his little body. All of the body. quills. All the quills <laughs> light. Yeah. It's similar to Pikachu. Um, so then he knocks out all the power across the Pacific Northwest, and then roboticist and scientific genius Dr. Robotnik, he's enlisted by the U.S. Department of Defense to uncover the source of the outage. Um, he tracks Sonic, who's hiding in the shed of Tom and Maddie. Um, and then Tom discovers him, accidentally shoots him with a tranquilizer, which sends his bag of rings through a portal <laughs> to San Francisco. <laughs> we can't really break it down because we can't, you have to see it. You can't, I don't know how to explain it further. It, so you wouldn't get anything more by watching it. What happens right. is exactly that. You're going to say this, you're, the question marks are going to be popping over your head just as they're popping over your head now. Right. So he then now his San Fr- now his golden rings are on the roof of the San Francisco. What is it? That uh, oh god, I know. You know what I mean. Um, the people call it out, call it out to us. Trans America Pyramid. Thank you. Yeah. So they're on the roof of the Trans America Pyramid, the most iconic uh, building besides the fucking Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. So just like, come on, at least make it like Alcatraz. Make it something fun. Make I know. it something like a little more whatever. Anyway, um, Tom has to like drive Sonic there because the ro- Robotnik, who's played by Jim Carrey, who by the way makes God, I'll get into Jim Carrey as a completely separate topic in just a moment. Um, so Robotnik comes. It's this weird, semi-funny exchange between them where Sonic is, like, trying to hide in Tom's house. And then, like, Tom is like, oh, there's nothing here. And then Jim Carrey's like, well, I'm crazy mastermind. And I know oh, there's something here. And I'm never wrong. And look at my yeah. mustache. And it's just fucking The stupid. whole works. So then Robotnik labels Tom a domestic terrorist and Sonic a domestic terrorist, so that puts them on, like, the FBI's most wanted list, and they go on the run to San Francisco to help Sonic escape, and also it's like Tom also has to be there, so it's kind of a win-win for them both. Mm -hmm. Um, Robotnik comes across one of Sonic's quills, and that he then, he keeps the quill, and he discovers how much power is actually in the quill. Which is how much power. 100% power. 
It's unlimited power. Oh, unlimited. That's right. <laughs> unlimited. So um, So all this bullshit happens where they're, like, getting into car. There's just, like, random action scenes on their journey through, but then it's cut and spliced very inconsistently and uh, very just a really choppy way to throw in comedic moments. So there's a part where they stop at a gas station, which, by the way, for somebody who, he's a sheriff, like, he knows the law. Yeah. And for somebody who knows the law so well, he was sure damn chill as fuck for being called a domestic terrorist on the run with uh, an extraterrestrial creature right across the west and um he just, he was just casually like, stops at a gas station yeah. and then like allow Sonic and him to just enjoy their evening at a stupid saloon looking bar thing and yeah then of course there's this I think it's they stereotype anybody who's from the Wild West, so everybody there is a dummy, right? right? So everybody's dumb, and they can't wrap their heads around just general, like, civil civility shown by Tom, James Marsden, who's just a prick this whole time, in my opinion. I thought he was a good actor at some point in his career, but maybe... He was, maybe but I think he's sad. I think he's, like, saddened by the, <laughs> by the trajectory of his career because... He's, I think he's the type of guy that was turned down for one of the bigger franchises, like Captain America. Makes sense. And then now he's so just he kind of stuck with Sega. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we have to talk about the product placements, too. Um, I there vaguely so remember many. them. Okay, well, one of them was, so, like, they're living in Montana. He gets the job in San Francisco, and... He he's like, well, I'm going to go to San Francisco at some point, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I've already been looking at apartments on Zillow and like oh. turns the thing. And like, and then uh, for sure, there it's a there's the Toyota thing. Um, yes, definitely. There was. Um, oh, man, there was another good one. Oh, Olive Garden. Oh, like, twice. Yes. It was weird. It, it's super strange now that I think about it. Yeah. That's like, fucking strange. It was a weird, it wasn't even a bit. Like, I would imagine that no. in, like, an Adam Sandler movie that that would be a bit, but it was, it was like, it kept coming up. It's because that's how they paid for this fucking production. It has to be. So, so basically, what happens is they make it to San Francisco. He explains to his wife, Maddie, the whole situation, which, by the way, again, I cannot repeat enough there was no chemistry between them they didn't even kiss every time they had to touch each other it was like it was awkward it was so awkward it was confusing to me why they didn't just like weren't just doing their fucking job as actors but whatever um and then sonic and robotnik get in like a really big showdown and they're going all throughout san francisco and then they throw a ring into the air, and then they both make it back to Green Hills, Montana, which he had already sent back Maddie and Tom to Green Hills, Montana. Uh, that's a and, whole sequence you don't need to see. Yeah, there's really no fucking point in going over that. Um, and then they have this huge fight in the street, in the ville, in like little town that we all started like in. A militia comes out, but they don't do anything. Yeah. It's so weird. They just stand there with one gun and one what is it a uh, chainsaw yeah a chainsaw make a little tiny bit out of it and then sonic Ugh. is seemingly dead at one point and of course he's not and then he comes back to life with the with the power of the white man's word James the guy Morrison. literally says he's my friend and, and then sonic, sonic is explodes. like <laughs> 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 um and then of course 
course, they send, they overcome Robotnik. They defeat him by sending him to another planet <laughs> yeah. with mushrooms, and um, which would be fun, to be honest. Um, and then still, Robotnik ha- is still in possession of Sonic's quill, even though he's, like, lost his sanity. So he begins plotting revenge. And then on Earth... Tails, a twin-tailed fox from Sonic's world, emerges from a ring portal in search of Sonic. So now you know, if you missed the first one, don't worry, there'll be a second one, and there'll be an entire new, a new life. (sighs) So I would just first like to start. Oh, we're starting now. (laughs) Just quick, quick thing. Yeah. Ben Schwartz is so funny to me. I think he's really smart. I think uh-huh. he's super witty. I think his voice is one of the worst voices that they could have chosen for anything ever. Because he is has no variation. That guy yeah. speaks like... It's like out there. Yeah. Yeah. And then like also, I just don't think... I don't know what they... Uh, I don't know what they did, whether or not... And like, Because I know back in the old days when they... When the first behind-the-scenes footage came about of, like, how they filmed Toy Story and then the voices of Toy Story. They had them do it towards each other, mm-hmm. the the voices. And I know for some people, voiceover work is watching the animation in front of you, having the script in front of you, and being able to speak it alongside. It's like dubbing. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how they did it with Sonic, but... I think that they Ben Schwartz really missed the mark. He missed lots of opportunities for. He just had no vocal variation. I mean, no, like, it was the, the thing, same. Also, oh, you know what? We have to talk about the fact that they had to redo all of the the digital. Uh, um, like they completely had to redo Sonic. What? So like they had to shelf this project so that they could recreate the look of Sonic. Do you remember this? No. While you look that up, I would also like to say that I'm confused by Jim Carrey because Jim Carrey is supposed to be this like cosmic creature that everybody's like, oh, wow, Andy Kaufman speaks through him and like he doesn't take a role unless he like is moved by it on this like spiritual level. Yeah. Um. So what the fuck? made him say yes to the dress with this movie because this shit was terrible. There's no there's no promise in the script. Like, there's nothing revolutionary about this script. There's nothing at all um, happening with it. What did you just send me? What is this? That's what it used to look like. <gasps> that Remember? is terrifying as all hell. Yeah. Oh, we'll my God. I'll link up, but, like, he, they had to redo what Sonic looked like because it was just, like, this... Uh, goofy looking like I don't even know how to describe what I'm looking at that's like a scary creature it had it looked so far away from what Sonic the uh, animation looks like they had to they had to like stop and redo it but it put this whole production on hold for like a long time (gasps) yeah that's some like Friday at Freddy's bullshit honestly anyway so um, I agree I think that (laughs) what's the fuck with Jim Carrey you know like what the fuck It, it it yeah. makes no sense to me because he he's he was like kind of MIA he, for a he, period yeah. of time. And then he came back yeah. with that show Kidding on Showtime, which is really good. It's a quite a dark comedy. And he's a great actor and 
almost every way, he's one of the most devoted actors we've ever had in the history of yeah, yeah acting. Great physical acting, really. Yeah. I thought he I mean, did that a fine guy, job. I mean, of course, he's hilarious. He's yeah. hilarious. He's funny. He's committed. I thought his little, the only promising things about this movie, the only things that made me go <laughs> like that yeah. were um, Natasha Rothwell, of course, number one, one and only. And then um, those small relationship between Jim Carrey and his like sidekick guy. That was funny. That that actually was pretty wholesome. Uh, and the the sidekick guy. I don't know what his story is. I didn't look into him, but like he was very good at maintaining character. Lee like, Majdub, I believe he as Agent Stone, a government agent who works for Robotnik. And so he he did a good job at keeping us chill because I really would have been cracking up. And they do a lot of physical comedy together. I thought that they complemented each other well. I thought that he was one of the better choices in terms of who they could have paired anyone with Jim Carrey. Right. Uh yeah, so ultimately I just thought that this entire movie was incredibly disturbing. Um, (laughs) it really was I think the majority of the film I mean obviously this whole thing was phoned in it's clearly the way that like Sega makes its debut onto the production of their own you know um, franchise video games franchises and stuff like that which fine because we all know who Sonic the Hedgehog is like regardless of if we played it or not like you have some immediate cognizant like oh yeah I can relate to that the thing about this movie was they're trying to establish the plot, right? They're trying to establish, like, here's where he comes from. The, my biggest beef with stuff like this is when they are developing a plot without any, like, real meat to it. Like, mm-hmm. he his the entire time they're saying his powers are so rare that everyone's going to want to figure out how to get his powers. Like, everyone's out for his powers, blah, blah, blah. You don't really know exactly what those powers are outside of his ability to run really fast and And seemingly... And it's, like, electricity thing. Yeah, and, like, slow down time, too. Like, he had a couple of those moments. Oh, so I think that that... I think what that is... Okay. Was him just going really fast? Yeah, I think that yeah, was just okay. his experience of what it meant to, to be fast in human time. In the moment? Yeah. That makes sense. Because, like, okay, so the the whole, like, I mean, we've already laid the plot out, but, like, he constantly is like, well, I have to keep going to these other planets, and then he ends up in on Earth for 10 years, I, presumably falls in love with being on Earth and doesn't want to leave Earth, um, but he has to because he's being chased for his powers. But the only time he's been chased as now other than when he was chased off of his island so yeah. it just it felt disjointed like For there's this urgency origin story there wasn't much or there's no origin like <laughs> there wasn't any urgency or understanding yeah. of why it is that this dr robotnik wanted his powers other than to make his machines go really fast and that's lacking anything like you yeah. just there wasn't any there there you know yeah. I mean, congratulations to everyone who put it out there. I think it's really hard to put out a movie no matter what. However, shame on you for working <laughs> on this movie and not putting out something that means something to anyone. Because this doesn't yeah. mean anything to anyone, even fans of Sonic, the video game. None of the people I know who played video games religiously as a kid, specifically Sonic or like Spyro or like yeah. other things like that, None of those people saw this movie because nobody really yeah. wants to see animated creatures talking anymore. 
I think that that ship has sailed long ago. Even little kids. Like, if you're going to make a little kid movie, why don't you just keep it wholesome? Keep it like a 2D situation. It'd be cheaper, better for the environment. You can throw in all the celebrity voices you want, which is still a shame and a travesty because people legitimately train to be voice actors. And that's really rude. Um, But whatever. (laughs) It's really rude. Anyways, the... Casting in 2018 was reported that Paul Rudd was in talks to to star as James Marsden's uh, character Tom. Didn't he back out? But he denied yeah. that. And then yeah. a day later, it was announced that James Marsden was cast in an undisclosed role. But it's like, what other role is there? Um, <laughs> Jim Carrey was cast uh, later in August of 2018. Ben Schwartz joined as the voice of Sonic. Um, he was chosen for the role. I think it took a while to get picked up. Yeah, it did. So I'm looking over here. It says that uh, the development Paramount. for a film adaptation for this video game started in 93. Oh. Yeah. It was because they made a television show, Adventures of the of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, but that was a good show because it was a fully animated show and and they could develop like different types of plots because it was episodic. Right. So they were where uh, it says and, here and that Dr. Sega... Robotnik, you know, was a was an ongoing scary character. Yeah. I think. I never watched it. Me I'm either. just saying whatever I want. Because this is our fucking podcast. You can listen to it or not. But basically, Sega CEO Tom Kalinske was wary of damaging the brand, um, citing the commercial and critical failures of Super Mario Brothers and Street Fighter films. He's not wrong. Super Mario Brothers was awful. Yes, however, (laughs) Super Mario Brothers had a great cast. Yeah, it did. Check it out. Check it out. It did. What was uh, John Leguizamo was... John Luigi? Leguizamo? He I was can't 100% remember. Luigi and Bob Hoskins. Bob was Hoskins. Mario. That's right. There's so, look, I think it's a great <laughs> no, cast. You're lying. It's a great cast. The cast so. is fine, but the movie sucked. No, the movie is you know what you're getting into when you see that movie. You just have to know. Same with Sonic though. I mean, you walk yeah. into that and you're like, "What did you expect?" But see, this is what I don't So, okay. So, think of something like Deadpool. Okay. okay, actually, I listened to a, um, the A24 podcast with, the, they do one, I don't, I don't think it's very regular, but I listened to one with um, Gerard Carmichael and uh, Bo Burnham. Oh, yeah. And um, it was a really interesting conversation between two young comedians, and they were talking about how there's, like, this danger of... The fact that comedy today, comedy in the commercial sense, social media has kind of brought it comedy to its knees in a way. Because what you what you see now more than ever is a commercial or a movie or a TV show kind of parodying itself, like making yeah. fun of itself, which used to be the comedian's job. It used to be right. the comic relief was the the joke but now people are saying this is a comedy how do you know it's a comedy because the whole thing is a joke i can understand how that's dangerous in the world of comedy it it, it is it's totally dangerous it kind of cheapens everything a little bit Mm -hmm. however with a movie like this which is not meant to win an oscar not even close it's meant to be like filler for the Mm -hmm. babysitter you're allowed to make fun of yourself 
Because it's a terrible fucking movie, and you know it. Yeah. And there's no there's no hope. So it's kind of like, why don't why why wouldn't you? And that's what I like about Deadpool, because yeah. it's like we're um, definitely this is a fictional life. So let's just have a lot of fun with it. And they in that they're able to infuse it with legitimate, genuine, funny, comedic timing, funny lines, you know, little quips and things over here and there. But yeah. They didn't do that. They barely did that with this movie, and they could have done with a lot more of it because it was unbearable for most of the time because it was just kind of like, okay, so are we a drama? <laughs> what are Is we? this a rom-com? Is this a bromance? Or is there some sort of homoerotic energy happening here? Also, I just want to point out something that's kind of alarming that I'm just seeing. Hmm. Um, Junkie XL did the music. Are you familiar with Junkie XL? I'm not. Okay, so there, uh, he, sorry, is is an incredible composer, um, producer. He did um, Mad Max. He did Mortal mm. Engines. He did... Um, Deadpool. Th- well, there you go. Um, so here he did Deadpool. But he's... He he's soundtrack guy. He's done a lot of work. He's really really talented, and I didn't really catch the the music. To, the music wasn't very um, like standout to me. But what mm-hmm. was kind of standout to me was the selection of music that they used throughout. So I'm trying to find who the music supervisor was because they did a mm. fine job uh, for such see. a shit movie. Honestly, so Junkie XL did all of the programming. Um, Anyway, there's a couple of really good like songs in there that I was like, oh, that was a good choice. Um, so at least it has that going for it. Honestly, like, it has to do something. So this was a bit of a bore. It really was. I watched it in bed while I was like incredibly hungover on Sunday. Like yeah, just during sick. all the talks that Sonic and James Marsden had toward like the middle of the movie, I just skipped through. Oh, I yeah, just you, was like, all right, you didn't miss anything. Okay, cool. No, of course not. Of course, I also didn't want to listen to either of their voices anymore. Yeah. Oh, James Marsden's voice is annoying. Because it's too polished. There's nothing genuine about either of them in their yeah. voices. Like, there was no honesty at all. This movie just, was phoned in. Completely. Yes, because it was just a paycheck for every single person involved. Yeah, absolutely. Especially since you, when you look at the history of this fucking movie and how it's been in development since fucking 1993. They were just trying to get someone to do it. That shit is... <laughs> 27 years old we're done so i know oh god 27 that's weird yeah that's weird (laughs) (laughs) uh okay let's wrap that up because i'm i'm tired of yeah i don't really want to talk about it anymore so local lounge tell us about your local bs bitch okay so everything's closed as you know but um we live now my roommate and i moved to silver lake and we live kind of on one of the hillsides of Silver Lake. There's several, and they all kind of like, they all look down on the sunset for the most part, um, or like are you know adjacent. Mm-hmm. So you hear a lot of coyotes, and mm-hmm. um, you also you just hear a lot of traffic, and you know whatever. But now that everything's been under quarantine, there's less traffic, more coyotes, which is fun. But um, somebody started this thing where they 
they're cheering at 8 p.m. every night for healthcare yeah. workers. Yes. And the cool thing about living here is that it's bouncing off all of the hills. So everybody can hear each other do it and then everyone starts doing it. So it's like this cascade of cheering and it's really funny. Like there's some people who come out. It's so cute. And like you'll hear it start up and people are whooping and whatever. And then like there was a guy who just like leaned out his window and he was like, yeah. and there's like kids and it's just so it's like really wholesome and really really like heartwarming to feel people like they'll they spend all day inside and Mm. then they look at their clock at 8 p.m and they're like oh here we go like here's how we connect to each other and here's how we like honor the people who are on the front lines trying to fight this beast of a thing Mm -hmm. and um it's a lot of hope and it feels really good and you know it's Maybe it helps. I don't know. I want to hope that it does. I think it does. I think any positive or just healing energy one yeah. person can even think about is an, is quite is quite powerful. I agree. That's really great. I love that. Yeah, so that's been like the there's not a lot local right now. I mean, I mean, I shouldn't say that there's, there's a ton of local, but there's not like the normal ways that I would connect with this community. Like the things that we would do if we could go out and do them, mm-hmm. um, they're just different now. So we're, we're maximizing our ability to like support local and next week when we do this or whenever we release our next one, I'll talk more about that. Mm-hmm. So that's great. What about you? Okay. So my little local lounge thing is if you're in Southern California, and you need, and you're trying to start a garden, or you're mm-hmm. trying to start a little, I don't know, maybe there's a tree well in your yard that needs a little <laughs> sprucing, or or maybe you've decided to, I don't know, get a succulent. Here's where you should put your money. Go to California Botanic Garden here in Claremont. They are closed due to COVID-19 problemas, um, but they are taking online orders and you can order the plants from there. They're all native California plants, so the care for them is really simple. The climate here is obviously perfect because this is California and these are California Mm -hmm. plants. Um, And so if you are going to order online, you basically... You order online and then they schedule a pickup for you and you come and pick up. And while you're here, maybe you can stop by... Claremont Craft Ales for their curbside pickup yeah. of beer. And then maybe you could stop by Patty's Mexican Food on here on town in Foothill and grab a little curbside burrito or, <laughs> you know, there's tons of, you just got to call places that you love, see if they're open and see what they're yeah. offering because most of them are offering some type of alternative option to sit and dine in or to like whatever it may be to keep them afloat and if if you have the money you should definitely put it it, yeah like keep it off the internet put it in the hands of the people you know what i mean like do something that is you can see where your money is going. We yeah. we don't we no longer need to buy things off of Amazon. There are tons of places that need your support right now that though you can't be there physically, you can call, see if you can make an order and they can do some type of curbside thing and I'm yeah. positive they will accommodate you. Uh, there's a there's been some leniency in the laws in LA so you can actually order a cocktail to go if you order Ooh. food. There's a couple restaurants that are doing like with your purchase of like food obviously 
um, you can get like a handcrafted kit, like a cocktail mixer thing, including the alcohol. Like there's this place called my father's office. They do really good burgers and they do really good Manhattans. And they have like your little, you get like this little thing and, um, you know, once, once you complete your order and you get that little, I don't know, it's just so clever. Mm. Um, and it supports the mixologist, right? Cause like they're the ones who put all of that together and then they package it for you and send it off. And, um, yeah. So, and also be smart about your packaging though. Cause I know that we're all like out there trying to get like stuff delivered to us, but like, mm, be yeah. smart about your packaging. Exactly. I know there are temporary um, changes to our newly developed reusable lifestyle that like places like Starbucks and things have finally gotten on board with, and now they're reverting back to their old disposable ways due to this COVID situation. Um, yeah. But ultimately, it's temporary, so keep doing what you can do. Maybe don't go to Starbucks anymore. Maybe go to your local. You know, like it, I think this is a really pop. There are lots of positives to this really negative, negative thing that's happened to the yeah. world. And nothing happens to us. It happens for us. So just remember yeah. that if you we're going to try and make quite a few of these episodes for your listening pleasure throughout your quarantine journey. Yeah, we already have a few on deck. Yes, I mean, this is legitimate. We're not fucking with you. I know. When I do this, Val, doesn't it look like... You have a top hat. have a top knot. (laughs) (laughs) When did you change your light? When I changed my whole room. Next week, or the next time you'll hear us speaking to you through your speakers or whatever the fit. Wherever you're... Um, will be marriage story. We have a lot to talk about. I've got a lot of fucking things to say. It's going to be a a long episode. It's going to be... We'll make it concise. I don't think we will. No, I have so many opinions. There'll be a lot of rambling. (laughs) It's going to be great. There's going to be a lot of hate talk on Scar Job, just so y'all are aware. So if you're a big fan, just please don't tune into that one or really anyone. Because I just don't... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I got shit to say about her at any time of the day. So, Ugh, fair enough. Um, gracias for your uh, listening ship, your listenership. Yep. And uh, we know that you are bored, and we're bored too. So, suggestions are welcome. If you know mm-hmm. of a movie that you thought should not have been as hyped as it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you saw a movie that you think should be more hyped than it was, mm-hmm. let us know. Hmm. There's tons of those. Tons and tons and tons, tons of those. Tons. Okay, home slices. Later, everybody. Adios. Adios.